You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. The disciples of Jesus are afraid. They're locked in the upper room trying to stay silent so that they wouldn't be found. And they, it turns out, were rightly afraid. They were thinking that the way it went with Jesus was also the way it would go with them. That their own lives are at stake. That Jesus, who was arrested and tortured and tried and crucified, was only the first. And they saw it happen. And they thought that it would happen to them also. And it turns out they were right. We've all, I think, seen movies or read stories where a person is hiding. They've they've hidden themselves. They've locked themselves in a house because there's someone who's looking for them, who's hunting them down and wants to, to kill them or destroy them or something like this. Now, that is how it is with these disciples. They're They're hunkered down and they're hiding because they are afraid. And I want want you to have that sense of fear to, to know what the situation is because Jesus is going to enter into this room and He's going to change everything. He's going to take away that fear. He's going to set them free so that they'll leave the room. But what does He do to do it? Now, that's what we're going to talk about. But it turns out And this is the thing that's maybe most intriguing to me about this as we think about it today, that the thing that Jesus doesn't change is the danger that they would face when they would leave the room. They They were afraid of the Jews because they were afraid that the Jews would arrest them and hand them over to the Romans to be crucified like Jesus. And it turns out that that's just exactly what happened. We hear about it in... for We start in the book of Acts where James the son of Zebedee, James the Greater, brother of John, is arrested by Herod with Peter. And even though Peter escapes prison, that James becomes the first apostle to be martyred. James arrests him and then puts him to death. Peter, maybe, mm, how many years later are we? 33 years later, Peter is crucified upside down in Rome by Caesar, by Nero. Andrew, the Apostle Andrew, after traveling around and preaching in what was the now we call the Soviet Union and then coming down to Asia Minor, was also crucified by the Romans on a cross that was like an X. So St. Andrew's cross is the X-shaped cross. Thomas, who preached in Syria, then traveled east to India, was killed by four soldiers who were ordered to run their spears through him at the same time. Philip preached in North Africa and then Asia Minor. He preached such that a Roman proconsul became a Christian, and so this proconsul had Philip arrested and tortured and put to death. Tradition says that he was stoned before he was crucified. Matthew preached in Persia, in Egypt, and in Ethiopia, where at last the king commanded him to be killed, and he was by a soldier running a spear through him. Bartholomew, named Nathaniel also, preached all over the place. Tradition says that he went with India, 
He went with Thomas to India, and he preached in Ethiopia. He preached in southern Arabia. And then he ended up in Armenia, where he was skinned to death before he was beheaded. Carrie always tells me, do you have to tell these stories at the dinner table? (laughs) But there's a reason we're going through this list here. James, the other apostle, James, son of Alphaeus, also known as James the Less, went and preached in Syria, who was first stoned to death and then killed by being hit over the head with a club. Simon, the zealot, preached in Persia and was killed there after refusing to preach or to after refusing to sacrifice to the sun god that the people worshipped. Thaddeus, the apostle, preached in Syria and was martyred there. And that leaves only one left, John, who was the only apostle who wasn't martyred, but was exiled while he was on Patmos. And, and this is not only these apostles, but to all, I mean, Paul, remember, was beheaded by Nero in Rome, and all of the others were giving up their life all the time. Now, now, so, now here's the point. They, they were in the upper room on the night of the resurrection of Jesus because they were worried that these things might happen to them. And they were right. These things were going to happen to them. They were going to be killed because they were the followers of Jesus. But, but this night, before Jesus appears to them, they're afraid of these things and they're locked up behind the door. But after Jesus comes to them, he doesn't take away the thing that they're afraid of, but he gives them a reason to actually leave the room. And what is that? We think that if they're in the room because they're afraid of what's going to happen, that they would only leave the room if you took away the cause of the fear or if you gave them the promise of power to overcome the things that they were afraid of or if you promised maybe to protect them from the threat and said that it wouldn't happen. But Jesus doesn't do any of those things. Imagine, just I mean, to kind of get there, imagine that there was hungry mountain lions waiting at all the exits of the church. You're not going to leave. Pastor, we don't mind if you preach another sermon. (laughs) You're not going to leave until the mountain lion leaves or until you're equipped with some sort of weapon to fight the mountain lion or perhaps if Jesus came and gave you the promise that you could go outside and the lions wouldn't hurt you, that he'd shut their mouths like he did for Daniel in the lion's den. But this is not what happens. Jesus doesn't give any of these promises. Jesus does not come to the apostles with the promise of victory and and say, I've taken care of the Jews, I've taken care of the Romans, you don't have anything to worry about, you won't be put to death. He doesn't do that. Jesus does not come to them with the promise of power and say, I'm going to give you supernatural strength so that you'll be kept safe from all these things that threaten to torture you and to put you to death. He doesn't do that. Jesus does not come with the promise of protection and say, I'm going to protect you so that you don't die. He doesn't do that. None of these things. But still, Jesus comes and does something and gives them something which sets them free and gives them the courage to leave the upper room. Now, what is it? I think we can think about it in these two things. Jesus gives them two things. He gives them peace and He gives them a purpose. First peace. It says it like this. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, 
He showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. He's going to say it again the next week when Thomas is back. Peace be with you. Jesus comes to them and gives them peace, and he gives them a very specific peace. He gives them the peace that is found in his wounds. Peace be with you. And he shows them his hands and his side. That's where the nails went through and held him to the cross and where the spear pierced his side. He does this so that they would know that this truly is Jesus. But more than that, he, he shows them his hands and his side because he wants to know that this resurrected body is the same body that was nailed to the cross, the same body that spilt so much holy, precious blood, that this body, this man standing in front of them, had won for them peace. His cross is our peace. His cross is your peace. His wounds have won peace between you and God. So the disciples would say to Jesus, Jesus, we're afraid. We're here. We're locked in the room. We're afraid of the Jews. We're afraid of being arrested. We're afraid of being beat to a pulp like you are. We're afraid of the pain. We're afraid of the shame. We're afraid of the death. And Jesus' answer is, to them and to you, his answer is his hands and his side. His answer is his wounds. Look, he says, I died for you. Your sins are forgiven. I've overcome death and the grave for you, all for you, and it's for us too. When our courage falters, and when we are afraid, when we're cowering instead of courageous, when we get a a fear of, of, of acting or doing or saying or speaking or living or dying, when we are afraid... Jesus comes to us and we get a glimpse of his wounds in the preaching of the gospel and we know in the wounds that which is most important to know in this life and that is that God is not mad at us. Our sins are forgiven. There is no judgment for you. No condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. On the other side of death for us is the smiling face of God. For us to live is Christ. To die is gain. And this, the wounds of Jesus, gives to the disciples and it gives to us courage. We've been talking a lot, I mean, not just the last couple of weeks, but I, I, I think even for the last couple of months, we've been talking quite a bit about fear and the fear of God versus the fear of death and all these other things. And that's the negative way to talk about it. We have in the commandment that we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things so that we want to have a fear for God and this, this mitigates our fear for all the other things that could go wrong. But there's a positive way to approach the same topic. The, to talk of fear is the negative, but the positive way is to think of it in terms of courage. To, that, that the Holy Spirit wants to give to us in the wounds and the words of Jesus, he wants to give to us courage, that we should be courageous, willing to face death, willing to face whatever would come our way, suffering and tragedy and torture and torment and all these sorts of things, willing to face whatever it is, because God is on our side. 
We have courage to, to live. We have courage to die. We have courage to stand before the Lord on the judgment day because we know this. We are absolutely sure of this, that our sins are forgiven. And we need this courage to face the times that we live in. But it's not just, and, and I want to go just a step further, it's not just courage that the Lord is giving to us, but he also gives to us a purpose. Jesus stands, to, stands there before them in the upper room and he says, peace to you, and he shows them his wounds and he shows them the scars in his hands and his side, and then he gives them a purpose, a reason for living. A reason to leave the room. Now, this is a big thing, this question of purpose. It's a big question for all of us, and it's, it's, it's connected for us to the question of meaning. What's the meaning of life, and what's the purpose of life? And specifically, each one of us is asking, what's the purpose of my own life? And we, and we know, as we ask that question, that there's a great danger in purposelessness and having no purpose at all. And this is especially true for the young and for the old. Do you know for the young people, there's this temptation that, 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 there, that it seems like there's no purpose in life. And life is just this kind of blah. And this is dangerous. I mean, it's the path to despair. It's, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's a, a deadly thing to have no sense of purpose in life. And if you're old, the same temptation comes back to you. And you start to say, you start to ask questions, what, what good am I? Why am I even still alive? What's the purpose of all this? Especially when you get sick and you're bedridden or you're, now it's time to, now it's time to go and die. And the, this question of meaninglessness and purposelessness starts to come up. And it's a deadly sort of thing. And I suppose it's just not the young and the old, but it's for all of us. I think people who are in the middle, in the middle between young and old, just have too much to do to stop and think about it. But when you, when you do stop and reflect on it, this, this idea hits you. What am I even doing here? I don't, it seems like the, I have no, this is the midlife crisis kind of stuff. It's where you realize that all of your, like, hopes and dreams just don't match up with reality, and, and it's coming up short, and you start to wonder what purpose I, why, why am I here? Now this, so, so there's this danger in having no purpose, and here the disciples are, locked in the upper room, because of their fear, and Jesus comes to them, and he gives them peace, and he gives them forgiveness, and he gives them courage to live and to die, but still, they're not going to leave that room unless there's a reason to, unless there's something to do, unless there's a purpose, and that's what he gives them. Peace be with you, he says. As the Father has sent me, even so, I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, go back to the mountain lion story. Remember the mountain lion outside the door? You're not going anywhere unless you have courage to face the lion. But still, even if you have courage to go and face the lion, you're still not going to leave unless you have a reason to leave. Unless you have some sort of purpose that would drive you out to face those fears. And Jesus has given this to the disciples and to us, both courage and a reason. You have a purpose in life. Now, we can't just stop there and say you have a purpose, like this is some sort of psychological pep talk. It is good for everybody to have a purpose, but you are a Christian, and this is a Christian sermon, and so you have to know that you have a specific purpose. Just like you have a specific courage. 
Your courage is the wounds of Jesus. Your courage is the forgiveness of sins. Your courage is the righteousness of faith. And your purpose is also very specific. Your purpose is the giving out of the forgiveness of sins. So that your life is set apart so that you would be forgiven and so that you would forgive. Your life is for the purpose of knowing and making known the death and resurrection of Jesus. So that Jesus sends out the disciples, the apostles, and all of his whole church, sends us out as ambassadors of peace to the world, of God's peace. The wounds of Jesus' peace. That we would carry forth from this place in our hearts and our mouths the good news that God died to save sinners. And this This purpose, this reason for living is something worth living for and it's something worth dying for. It's the reason that the apostles left the upper room. Jesus says, forgive sins. And so they had to go, they were compelled, they were driven to go as far as they could to every place they possibly could to forgive sins to India, to Africa, to to Russia, to Europe. They were traveling all over the place, risking their life and everything else because they had a reason and a purpose, and it was the forgiveness of sins. And it's why we leave this place. It's why you get up in the morning. It's why you go and face the fears that you have and all the troubles of life because you have this purpose. To be forgiven and to forgive those around you. I, I, I think this conversation, I think I must have had this conversation that I'm about to tell you, I think I must have had it about 50 times in the last 14 years. Pastor, I don't know why I'm living. I don't know why God keeps me around. I don't know why I'm still here. I'm useless. I'm no good for anybody. I make things worse for all the people around me. It seems like I've got no purpose at all. Why does Jesus still have me here? And this is the answer. Jesus has you here so that He can love you and forgive you all of your sins. And Jesus has you here so that you can love Him and the neighbor that He's given you. Peace, Jesus says, to His disciples and to us. Peace I give to you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. He breathed on them. He gave them His Holy Spirit. And He said, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. May the Lord Jesus Christ grant us His Holy Spirit, so that we would rejoice in His peace, and that your neighbor would rejoice in that same peace. May God grant it for Christ's sake. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding. 
Guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.